Mighty Paul, recording late on a Thursday night. There's only two words I want to say to you, Paul. The second word is Greenwood. What a lad, what a talent this boy is. A little bit of good news on a on a, on what could safely be described as a very difficult night for us, um, Ed, in, in various different ways. But uh, after the first half, I was thinking, why did we agree to do two podcasts a week during the Europa League? Because I didn't know what I was what we were possibly going to talk about after that first half. I mean, you've half. taken to uh, writing your notes on each game. I'm going to say there weren't many in that first half. It was dire. I mean, the funniest bit for me was when Matic tried to play uh, round the corner, sort of one-two with Matic, and Matic tried to sprint after it. There was nothing <laughs> at all. It was slow and slower. On um, on the Instagram, I, I asked at halftime, like, is this uh, Nemanja Matic's last ever game for Manchester United or will he play against Colchester in the Carabao Cup next week? I suspect he may do, but I, uh, I'm i sure his time at the club is is coming to an end, as I'm sure is one matters. Although, in the end, after a very difficult, convert, com, uh, very kind of what we've come to expect type performance from Mata, he uh, he turns up with two assists and a penalty goal in the second half. Yeah, well, you know he's got another two and a half years on his contract. He's surely not going to be sticking around for two and a half years to play five minutes in, like, the old Premier League game. Who would buy him? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Has he really got two yep. and a half years on his yeah. contract? Well, it's it's... He, they signed. He signed a new two-year contract in the summer with a one-way option for a third. So it's yeah, it's it's one and a half, strictly speaking. If the club didn't want to take it up on the the third, <laughs> which they, they they can't see that they are going to want to. What, um, um, have you seen United's contract negotiations in the last yeah. few years? Anyway, then, anyway, let, let, let's not get on downer about um, wasted money in the transfer market. Um, our, our new friend Omar Chowdhury from uh, 21st Club would probably give them a few tips or hints, you know, just just saying anyone wants really, to hire him. really enjoyed that chat, Ed. I hadn't listened to it by the time we recorded last time, but it was really absolutely fascinating and I've spent a lot of the uh, subsequent time thinking about uh, individual player value in terms of adding points. And I think the best example ever is probably the sale of Philippe Coutinho from Liverpool, whereby they made a ton, a ton, a ton of money for someone who is basically going to add zero points to their total by the end of the season. Right. Yes, um, and, and, and then spent the money very well uh, in order to get a lot more points per man. Anyway, how many um, points will Mason Greenwood win for United over the course of his career? It's going to be, and that is going to be a really big number. In the first half, my only notes are... For the first 15 minutes, I hadn't made a single note in the first 15 minutes. And just RZ absolutely bossing possession and stopping United getting out of their half. And then Ashley Young did the funny thing where he tried to turn out of trouble and turn himself right bang smack into the middle of trouble in the box. And we somehow got away with it. And there was one nice moment again, like Mason Greenwood featured in that, where he cushioned down a header for one matter, but matter hit a big old swinger miles over the bar. Um, and then a really another really nice bit of Greenwood um, deep this time, and he yeah. kind of started a counter attack. So he, he's just he was just really good right from the yeah. Off, he's a, he's a very he's an all round player, and I think we've seen a lot of that in the under 18s and under 23s. I, I think we'd seen less of that with him in the first team. He seemed a bit within himself at times, but this was a night when you're right. A lot of his all round game came to the fore, and he sort of took charge in in some cases. 
the, the weird thing about the first half, well, it's not weird given the uh, side that was out, but it was like the flip side of what we saw against um, particularly City and a little bit against Tottenham, wasn't it? When, yeah, that was all about pace and about hitting uh, a team on the counter. This time, there was just no pace. I mean, Pereira, Mata, Matic in that team, they they couldn't get enough of the ball because, uh, you know, AZ are actually not, not a pretty good team, but they are good on the ball. They retained a lot of the ball in that first half. And United just weren't able to use any of the pace they did have, which was basically Anthony Martial. Uh, and and so it was just really dull. And United were completely ineffective. At one stage, after about 35 minutes, United had made 14, just 14 passes in the attacking third. Uh, and half of those were backwards. Um, I gave up looking after that. I was like, this is, this is just going to be rubbish. And then it just all exploded into life out of like nothing, really, in the second half. It's been a night for uh, turning off things and deciding not to watch them. But fortunately, did not turn this one off at halftime. Um, so uh, I think everyone and who has an interest in Manchester United would have wished that you could make four subs at halftime so he could have taken off Young, Pereira, Matic and Mata, who were the absolute key ingredients in a wonder goal immediately after the, the break. So uh, the Pereira skill, the Dimitar Berbatov Tribute Act skill, as it's been described, absolutely unbelievable, finds, I think he found Mata who found the ball back to Matic, who threaded it perfectly to Mata, put a beautiful ball across the box, which um, went past Martial. And then somehow, Ashley Young, was he trying to cross it? Was that a shot with the inside of his foot? Very sort of odd um, foot shape to have a shot from that angle. But what a goal. What a goal. It was a really lovely goal and, and some nice skill from Pereira in, in the build-up there, as you said. And, and and this is a frustrating thing about him because he's actually technically, he can be very good. He's got stuff in the locker and just has no ability to impose himself on a game of any standard at all, ever. Anyway, we had a long talk about Pereira on the, on the Monday pod, uh, so I guess we don't need to do that one again. But uh, nice moment from him, good ball from Mata. The finish from Young. I mean, he he celebrated that properly as well. I suppose it might be his last ever goal in the United. He doesn't score too many these days, so maybe he meant it too. I mean, he again, like he found the space well, and it was just yeah, it was, and that set everything on fire. And thank the um, good gods of football that VAR has not made its way to the Europa Ah, League because it was a fifty-fifty. I don't know why you know, don't know what what you're worrying about. Fifty-fifty. 50% 50% chance that if it was played a hundred times, he might touch the ball once. Is that what you mean? <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yes, definitely a foul in the build-up to to Mason's first goal. <laughs> in the build-up is like, makes it sound like, oh, maybe there was like some tussling in midfield and a bit of foul, but Garner like absolutely cleared out the RZ player who then made a perfect assist for Mason. Hmm. Yeah. And doesn't, didn't Matter get the credit for um, for that assist? Or, or no, no, he got the credit for the first one, sorry. Yeah, he got he, and then the final goal as well when yeah, yeah. He, he it was one of those ones where assist is proved to be a bad statistic. But Greenwood took his first goal. I mean that was an absolutely brilliant finish that that first goal and it seemed like pretty much straight from the restart United turned the ball over high up the pitch. I think Chong was on the pitch by that point. He was, yeah. Um and contributed to the the turnover there. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean uh, the first goal was a classic Mason Greenwood goal. That's what that's what he does. You know, we've seen that so often, haven't we? At the 
in the under twenty threes and lower levels and the long and the long ranges. The the cutting in from the right and shooting with his left. So I think that was the last the final goal, right? Because the his first goal was the one where he shot sort of from right in the middle after ah, Garner. Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting myself mixed up in order of the goals. Yes, that was a good goal as well. I mean, I loved Mason's. So he he won the penalty as well that Mata mm-hmm. took very well. Actually, well done by Mata. Uh, and then he he received a pass from Mata for the final goal. Did the cut in. The way he used a player as a screen and found the near post, I, it, because it's Mason Greenwood, do you believe he did all that on purpose? I'm, I'm sure he did. What a finisher he yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, look very, very much like he's. I mean, of course, he's aiming for that near post, and he hits it with such power. Uh, and and the goalkeeper's probably unsighted that he just can't get down quick enough to to that ball. I I think it's one of those good ones near the uh, the near post, isn't it? One of those ones in the the bad zone for the keepers that is uh, it's very hard to save. So, um, you know, not too much criticism of the, the keeper there. And, and frankly, who cares? Um, <laughs> at that point, it was 4-0. And after that, it, the kind of penny dropped, I think, with Mason because he was doing everything he could to try and get that hat trick. There was one moment I, I wrote down that Chong, I think that's probably Chong's best performance in the United senior side. But there was one moment where he had the ball on the flank and Mason Greenwood was absolutely fuming. It was in the 87th minute, fuming that the cross didn't come in. Yeah, well, actually, um, um, before that, Chong had made a, a good um, good run to the, uh, the, um, the, the byline and pass it back. And Mason didn't gamble. He pulled back from the penalty spot when... You kind of think going across the defender would have been a better choice and he would have had a, a pretty, you know, sort of 10, 12 yard chance there. And, and you know, in this kind of form, you'd think he'd stick it away. But, you know, that's, it's churlish to criticism, criticise him for uh, making the wrong run there. But, you know, I think Chong did OK, you know, in his in, in what did he get? He got 30 minutes or so. Um, and, and people have been ridiculously, ridiculously critical of this kid he's um he has got very good figures in premier league two i mean albeit in division two currently so it's not exactly a high standard um and you know for assists and goals uh, and he's putting some very good performances and everyone is very excited about him being given the chance to step up he gets you know the equivalent of two games and everyone wants him sold and binned off you know anyway people are silly aren't they as we know as we know Um, uh, but the yeah the the bit um, the bit I enjoyed most from Chung I just thought he looked I thought he just sort of looked more comfortable than he's done in the first team quite a lot it's almost like he's just slightly getting used to it now and there was one um, one moment where Twanzebi sort of fell over in the box but managed to make the clearance and found Chung really deep in our own half and I think we were four 0 up by this point so it wasn't a big deal or anything but he did really well to remove the pressure on United in that in that period um Brandon Williams was solid again I thought although I thought I think it's very telling that Ashley Young uh went off um him and Maguire brought off when when the game was uh won so pretty pretty clear it'll be Young starting against Everton yeah I mean who knows whether that'll be the case by the time we get to sort of April or May or, or whether it's just he's going to use Williams in some games and and Young most of the time uh, Young's contract runs out in the summer, right? Tell, tell me it runs out in the summer, yeah. We're not going to award him yes, another year, are we? Uh, 
<laughs> There's a lovely interview with Ashley Young on the official Man United podcast, and it sort of broke my heart a little bit because there's something awful about hearing how much it means to a player who probably shouldn't have played as much as he has for Man United to have played as much as he has for Man United. Like, you know, it's uh, it, it clearly means the absolute world to him. Um, but unfortunately, you know, with regret, Ashley. Yes, there was a fun piece uh, about him, uh, with him talking about uh, Poogate. And uh, he, he, even his kids believe that he got, you know, yeah. <laughs> bird Couldn't deposited happen. in his mouth. So, yeah. <laughs> But he did not, and... I'm I'm fully on board with the story that no, he did not. No, I, I I look print the story that uh, you want print to hear. Print the legend. Print the I'm, legend. It's yeah. What are you, a BBC political journalist? <laughs> no, bit, but, but I don't bit, think we should start on that tonight. <laughs> no, bit of satire before the break for you there. Anything else? Well, you want? I, I mean, that is the entire of the BBC's election coverage. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. Uh, I guess that's everything we want to say. Mason Greenwood is brilliant. That's the, if it was a five things we learned article, I'd be struggling with the other four, but, and also we didn't learn the first thing today, but that has never stopped anyone who's done a five things we learned article ever. But yeah, Mason Greenwood, brilliant. And it's going to be interesting to see how he gets Premier League football because the front three is obviously working very effectively at the moment, but he's really, really, really good. He'll get games. I mean, that front three can't play every game and, and frankly, Martial can't stay fit for very long and, and Rashford's had a few injuries, yeah, not as many, but I mean, certainly injured at the back end of last season. And Daniel James is in his first season as a Premier League pro. I mean, he's going to need a rest at some point. Because as well as Daniel James has done, young players, first season, the mental and physical fatigue often plays a toll, doesn't it? So, Yeah, very true. All right, brilliant. Um, So... After the break, we'll talk Everton. Enjoy no question about that. If so, let others know about us. The best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. So, um, Everton taking the uh, fully uh, Manchester United seal of approval stamped route of applying, uh, um, of appointing a legendary former striker as their interim manager and getting a massive emotional boost. I watched the um, the Everton goals versus Chelsea, the 3-1 win. Every single one of them featured absolutely abysmal defending from Chelsea. It's amazing what emotion can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Duncan Ferguson said today, I think, that he doesn't want the Everton job. So uh, I think he I think he's playing yeah, hard to get with the uh, owners. Um, Bill Kenwright, the now former owner, uh, apparently pushing extremely hard for David Moyes to be appointed. I mean, I just, just, just. Bill Kenwright's always seemed like an absolutely lovely fella, but my giddy aunt. One sandwich short of the full picnic, I'd say, yeah. Um, anyway, the the actual owner is apparently much more sensible than that and uh, not uh, not keen on appointing the Moisire again. Um, and looking at uh, bigger and better options like um, uh, Allegri or Ancelotti. Uh, good luck, Everton, on that one. But uh, and so Ferguson will be in charge um, at the weekend, and um, I'm sure he'll he'll get this Everton team up for it. I mean, they've had an awful run, haven't they? You know, smashed by Liverpool, beaten by Leicester. Who did they lose two before that? They'd lost a whole bunch on the trot. Yeah. So 
Um, and and you know, there's, they've got on paper some decent players, but it's just you know, it, under Silver, it's never been a functional team at all. He's just never been able to create something um, out of the out of those parts. And and they spent money too. They bought Alex Iwobi for a significant amount of money from Arsenal. Um, and Richarlison for a huge amount of money from Watford and Morgan Schneidlin for far too much from us. <laughs> um, and, and and Sigerson was like a £50 million buy. So, yeah, it's not like... And they do pay good wages. They are one of the higher wage payers uh, in the Premier League, you know, sort of one of the best of the rest outside of the, the big clubs. And they, they've not been getting value for money for that spending. No, I mean, you say Mashiri is smarter than Bill Kenwright, and that might be the case, but he's actually done a fairly disastrous job in terms of the the structures of the club and how effective it's been. They bought, they bought as this is not an original thought, but they bought a bunch of players who all fit almost exactly the same profile in that first summer that he was there. Um, and there was a real good chat on the TIFO podcast, I think it was, about um, Idrissa Garnagay and how much of an enormous miss he is, or certainly he was for Everton, for Silver's Everton, because the rest of the team are running around pressing and he was the one that was mopping up all the gaps and they, they didn't replace him. Very hard thing to do to replace him, of course, because he's a fine, fine player. Um, the... Uh, the notable tactical thing, of course, about Duncan Ferguson's arrival beyond the incredible, like, uh, dangerous levels of hashtag passion um, was four four two, which goes well with the uh, dangerous levels of, of passion. He played Richarlison, who has got six goals this season. He played Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin up front together to great effect. To very good effect, to, to great old-fashioned effect, a kind of little man-little man combination. <laughs> I mean, Calvert-Lewin's not a... Yeah, super little, but you know he's he's no Duncan Ferguson. Um, who is though, Ed? Apart from like Andy Carroll, yeah, yeah. I mean, except Ferguson was actually a decent striker. So, um, and anyway, yeah, it was it was it was effective. They uh, they scored some goals. There was some bad Chelsea defending. Chelsea are up and down, uh, sort of down at the moment, um, which which is to be expected. As we know, as we're told frequently, they they have a lot of young players in there. The the emotional bump um, of the new manager, Everton at home, they do make it a good noise at, at, at Goodison and and get you know get the team going. We we know that over the years, don't we? It's going to be different at Old Trafford, you'd imagine. And I I mean I'd love for Ferguson to set up this team in a four four two and really go for it because that's going to suit us, you know, and there's. As we say all the time on this podcast, when there's space and and transitions, we're going to be much better than a team that just sits back and and defends. So I've got some bad news for you, Ed. It's been a night for uh, terrible statistics, numbers being really bad news. Here's some really bad news: Everton had thirty percent possession in that game, so I think they uh, they did indeed look to sit up, sit back, and soak it up on the break, and then hit on the counter attack. So uh, might be a bit of a can we break down big dunks? Two banks of four. Um, they should just give us seventy percent possession because I'm not convinced we would have the first idea what to do with it. <laughs> no, and, and I mean it's yeah. I mean it, it's clearly going to be a challenge. We still haven't found that formula. It's not. It's not Pereira. It's not Mata. Who's the player who can who can uh, unlock those defenses and who can um, find a different pattern of play for United? So. And and the, oh, the other I, thing I is the other thing is I know we say this every week um, 
it, the the players that United will have in wide areas, I mean, presumably it's going to be Martial and Daniel James, are both going to cut inside all the time. I mean, Daniel James will go on the outside on the right. He would prefer to be on the left than cutting inside, I think. Um, but he's not exactly whip the ball over David Beckham. United don't create a lot of chances from from crosses either. So, and I think they're both much more comfortable being sort of inside out players or outside in players. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it'll be Rashford wide left and Martial centre forward, presumably. Yeah, I presume yeah. so. Yeah, um, and then um, the. The thing that you think tactically about the way we set up versus a four four two is um they will be in a position to get overloads on our fullbacks from uh you know counter attacking positions, particularly our left fullback um It's interesting like i said i, I said young was going to play all confident like but Luke Shaw played against City, didn't he? And and that's quite the vote of confidence to pick him against City, obviously assuming Wambasak is not injured or anything, he'll be playing it right back. Yeah, uh, we'll um, no. I'm sure, I assume when Bazaka's fine, hadn't heard of an injury. Um, yeah, good good point. Sure did play versus City. I can't say he was particularly good. I I don't know which bad left back I'd prefer to have. Sure or did you, did Sure just come on? Didn't you, no Sure. Which game was it? Was either City or Tottenham where he came on late? I've got myself. That was against Tottenham thought. where he got well, about okay, a minute, great. and then great, against great. City, play he started. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, allowed a few players to walk past him, um, <laughs> which was somewhat frustrating. We talked about uh, on Monday. Uh, so, it, yeah, I, I don't know who's going to play at left back. Um, it's not clear to me. that they, You're right, they'll be in a position to create overloads. United should have uh, an extra man in midfield. It depends who that extra man is, of course, and whether it's, um, uh, whether it's Lingard, who had an injury, didn't play tonight because of that. Not sure that he'll be back. Maybe back. Uh, Ollie said Paul Pogba won't be back, so won't be him. Could anyway, be Pereira. I've we'll I've see. heard I've heard Ed that that Pogba coming back just um, just causes a problem for United, who are completely fine and have no problems and and don't need a brilliant creative midfielder. That's that's what Mark Ogden told me. I read it in the paper. I did not read it in the paper. Just to be clear. You read it online, yes. It was a very odd. I mean, it, it, that was a very odd piece on ESPN. It was one of those ones where you feel like the the editor has given him a, a task of go make the argument of why Paul Pogba oh, won't get back God. into the United team. And he's like, oh, fuck. Hold on, let me just um, let me just thank every fibre of the universe that that doesn't happen to me anymore. Because oh my god, it's the worst when you get an argument you don't believe in and have to argue about it in front of people on the internet. It's dreadful. Yes, so Pogba will walk straight back into this side as soon as he's fit. Although this this uh, ankle injury is taking a very long time to um, to heal, which which. You know, his ankle injuries. Uh, people have made a lot of the fact that Pogba's been abroad for part of that time, both in Dubai and Miami, although he's done it with permission of the club. Some people, and there's quite a lot of these people, um, are pushing around the conspiracy theory that somehow Pogba was never injured and he's just faking it, which was weird when United put out that photograph of him in a plaster cast. But, you know, hey, I mean, maybe they're part of the conspiracy folks. Yeah, the truth is no longer in any way relevant. <laughs> that's that's people people's relationship with the truth has gone altogether. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this game, I'm going to go with a starting lineup that goes to Hayem, Guaya, Lindelof, Wan-Bissaka, Young. 
because I just there was something about the way he walked off the pitch looked that the, the decision to make him the one they took off at 4-0 up made, made me think he's he's going to get the nod um Fred and McTominay oh Fred and McTominay together again joyous um and then I uh, just hope it's a new cleverly and Anderson isn't it <laughs> dynamic duo yeah. hope beyond hope that Lingard's fit um and then Rashford Martial and James you hope beyond hope that Lingard is fit. Now, there's a statement you don't hear all the time. I mean, I mean, he's probably the best of a bad bunch in that position, isn't he? Yeah, and you know, I would, there was a little bit of chat on Twitter that we went through the whole lineup against City and didn't really mention Jesse Lingard. I mean, Jesse Lingard did his usual thing of absolutely elite off the ball work and uh, moderate at best on the ball work. Yeah, I mean, he runs around so much that he's never in position to get the ball. Is what I figured. Because he made like 20 passes in the entire game. I think that's probably got a lot to do with the uh, shape that, you know, considering Fred made about 15 passes in that game, it's very hard on Jesse Lingard. So, yeah, I mean, uh, but the the thing is, you'd you'd just much rather have Lingard there than Pereira, who's option number two. And really, unless barring a a Fred-esque miracle turnaround, you know, we kind of know what we think about Pereira's chances of making it at United in a big way. There you go. Well, that's Everton. I mean, the, the thing about doing these two pods a week is we, we actually have to talk about the uh, opposition. So, I mean, it should be, look, it should be an interesting game. Um, there is the Ferguson element to it, which adds some sort of mystery, uh, I guess. I mean, Everton have been a bad, bad side this season and completely dysfunctional. And United are on a 12-game unbeaten run or something like that at the moment and, and winning games and scoring goals. You think they've lost... T- two in 12, that's it. Two in 12. Lost two in and, 12, I and, think, is the yeah, number or and something one of those like that. But yeah, I mean... Astana, so, um, which is perfectly uh, acceptable. And scoring goals and, and playing well. It's just, it's one of those games you look at it and go, hmm, this is kind of, you know, Styles make games and all that. It's it's one of those ones that could be set up for a, a difficult afternoon. Let's hope not. If United score early, then then it changes the game, of course. One of the things that, um, by the way, I just I'm just looking at who scored to look up a specific piece of information, and you know they've got the like statistical strengths and weaknesses of of teams. Um, United are very strong at creating long shot opportunities, which I feel like. That just means the lads love a wallop. They just they love a wallop for a distance, uh, from a distance. But one of the things we're weak against apparently is defending against skillful players. Like, <laughs> so we're all right if they're rubbish. But anyway, um, the the thing that I was looking Thanks, up, who's God, useful. Yeah, yeah, the thing that I, I was looking up was the fact that in that four four two, in the centre of midfield were Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger. Um, no, no, no. Um, it's been a long day making a comeback yeah um schneidel just trips off the tongue one after the other schneidelin and sigurdsson were were together in the center of midfield and honestly we could really have some joy if they go with that as a midfield too again um especially if mctominay and fred are, are continue their good form because you know we know that schneidelin is is not the best and um sigurdsson is obviously a, a fine number 10 but i'm not sure of his overall central midfield qualities unless I'm you know really out of date and he's transitioned to be a brilliant box-to-box player now no he hasn't which may explain some of Everton's problems this season yeah so I mean it's a good point yeah um and United will have the extra man 
So, sort, potentially, sort of. Potentially. Sort of, although it'll be one of the three players we least want to be in the side. Anyway, I, I can't ever say I don't want Jesse Lingard in the side because, it, you know, loves the club. Um, that means a lot. Anyway, uh, that's quite enough of this. It's now half past ten at night. Uh, we've both, I think, it's fair to say, had very long days, as have a lot of people in this country. Um, and uh, we will see you full of hope in our hearts, whatever the outcome of the Reds versus Blues ends up being. Um, and thank you very much to everyone for listening to the show. Ed, do you want to give a quick prediction of the score against Everton? I think it's going to be a 2-1 win to United. Nicely optimistic. I am going to go for a back down to earth with a bump one all draw. Well, either way, we'll be back on Monday. Yep. See you then with a, another one of these. Bye now. And before we go, just a quick word about our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod. If you really like the show, uh, back us there from $1 and up, and you can access some really cool rewards like T-shirts, artwork, and mugs. (laughs) 